So today, as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upsa Global, we have the honor to interview Gerbert van der Berge, CEO, COO of Venly, uh, leading end-to-end NFT technology enabler. So Gerbert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julien. Nice to be here. Great. So Gerbert, what I wanted to talk to you about today was obviously your background and then your role at Vinley. And then I mm-hmm. wanted to talk about your products and how it benefits the, the teams and the leagues. And then I wanted to touch on the NFT market, uh, maybe some of the, the, the killer use cases, obviously the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I'd like to you know, get your thoughts on your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Okay, sounds great. Great, so uh, Gary, why don't you maybe start by telling us about your background for the audience who's listening. Okay, so I grew up in Belgium, um, studied uh, computer science and in media studies, I worked in the IT as a consultant on different roles, um, mainly analysis, project management. And on one of these um, consultancy assignments, I found my co-founders, of which, with which uh, I started the company Venly, um, which we recently rebranded well, from Arcane to Venly. Great. So well, thank you for explaining your background. So. Uh, could you maybe tell us about your company, Venly, and what do you guys do? What does what your product uh, is about and so on? Okay, so we started Arcane in 2018, um, which is called Venly now since April. Mm-hmm. Um, before we created some projects in the blockchain space, um, DEPS as they call them. And we often got the feedback that they are not very user friendly because of the nature of blockchain. So we realized that we first had to make blockchain user-friendly so that anyone can use blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Um, like everybody can send an email um, before we could make um, successful blockchain-based applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we got the idea to, to create Fendi. And we started in 2018, went live end of 2018 with the product, and then also got our first um, B2B and B2C customers. Okay, so, uh, so I, I'm trying to understand. So basically, if I'm a team, let's say Paris Saint-Germain, right? And I want to create an end-to-end NFT solution. With your mm-hmm. platform and your technology, I can basically create uh, the marketplace, uh, the wallet, uh, the NFTs themselves. Is that a correct way to explain what you guys do? Yes, that's correct. So we are a technology provider. And our goal is to make it easy for developers or, or creators to create blockchain-friendly applications um, that are easy to use, use without the need to know anything about blockchain. So yep. we do have wallets for which people can sign up to, uh, through their social logins. Um, we have a, a whole NFT management solution and then also the marketplace. And you can use our front-end or you can use a white-labeled version on which teams can build their own applications. Yeah, and, and this is obviously very different from other companies like Sorare, for example, right? Sorare is not providing a platform that allows uh, teams to create their own wallet or marketplaces, right? Uh, so this is very different. This is more for a team that wants to white label an NFT solution and they can white label your platform. Is that correct? Yes, so Sorare could actually use our technology to provide wallets to their users to create their NFTs. Yeah. Um, now they have their own solutions. Um, they they know the blockchain technology, but all of these teams that are out there, they have development teams, they have designers, but they have no clue on how blockchain works. 
yeah. they shouldn't know it. So that's where we come in. Um, yeah. we, we can help these existing teams of, of uh, IT people and of designers um, reaping the benefits of NFT and blockchain and cryptocurrencies um, for their sports teams. Yeah, so basically that's, that's where you guys are unique, right? You guys come yes. in and, and build the end-to-end -end platform. So, okay, so we just spoke about SoRare, right? So SoRare, obviously, it's one of those big unicorn in the world of NFTs. They raised $680 million recently, and there was a lot of buzz. And interestingly enough, the day, I think, after they announced the, the big fundraise, the uh, UK gambling regulators, uh, I think, requested for them to get a license, I think, to operate in the UK. Uh, wh what's your take on that? Because you've been in the space for some time. So what do you think about mm -hmm. that particular announcement? Well, there's quite some money involved. So um, the, the more money gets involved, the more people start building in NFTs and, and cryptocurrencies, um, the more the space will get regulated. It's it's not necessarily a bad thing. On the contrary, um, the, it, the regulation can be beneficial for the space as well. It can help the space mature. Um, and if people can earn money based on, well, betting performances like how soccer teams perform, um, then it's normal that it, it qualifies as um, other gambling applications and they need the same licenses. It's the same for wallets. You also need applications. And for, for NFT marketplaces uh, and NFTs itself in the future, you probably also um, need a license to uh, allow peer-to-peer -peer trading of NFTs, for example. Yeah, and and so um, do you expect most of the NFT companies to follow suit and and have a license, or do you you don't think it's going to become the norm? Or some companies will do it, some others will not. What do you think is going to happen? Mm, I think most companies will do it. Well, definitely, if in if you're based in Europe and uh, you um, have to adhere to the European legislation, you won't have much choice. Yeah. Uh, same for the US. You can, of course, have um, some some companies that run these wallets or in these NFT marketplaces from from um, regions where it's it's not regulated. And then we we will see how it plays out. For example, the US uh, has a very broad interpretation of jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, often you don't have to have a local presence there. Just being active there is enough to, to being subject to the regulation. Um, for Europe, as far as I know, that's not the case yet, but Europe could um, impose uh, same interpretations of jurisdictions. Of course, it's still a difference to have this interpretation from, for your jurisdiction and to, to really be able to, to proceed lawsuits against people who are overseas. Yeah, and and I think maybe one of the benefits maybe of uh, of it being regulated is to avoid things like uh, money la money laundry issues. And I'm not saying in any way that that's what's going to happen with Sorare or any of the NFT vendors, but that's always a risk, right? Money laundry, correct? Yeah, yes, that's correct. And well, they they often refer to NFTs as art and um, such things, and and the art world is actually pretty known for money laundering. Um, so Europe is regulating this, and in, in the meantime, they, they will also start looking at NFTs and see um, how they can regulate the whole NFT space. Yeah. Now, switch, you know, switching topic a little bit, uh, obviously one of the big news uh, recently was the fact that Facebook changed its name to Meta. Uh, they want to kind of be at the center of the metaverse. 
and that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, many of the companies now, even companies like Nike, uh, they claim that they have an NFT, a metaverse strategy, right? So mm-hmm. it's almost like every single company from Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Samsung, all those guys now have a metaverse strategy just because, um, you know, Samsung really, uh, not Samsung, Facebook really uh, made a big splash. And But then some other argue that, you know, metaverse is nothing new. There's been companies like Roblox, for example, that they, some people claim it's already the metaverse. So... Mm-hmm. How do you see the meta? First of all, what is the metaverse according to you? What what are the major components of the metaverse? And then how do you see the metaverse space evolving in the future? Um, I see the metaverse as an open um, space, um, a virtual space in which everyone can contribute, um, take part of the metaverse, um, have experiences. Um, now, since it's open, it's very unlikely that the, the Facebook metaverse or how they call it will qualify as, as a metaverse, according to my definition, since yeah. I highly doubt that it will be very open. Um, it's now, uh, for example, Apple and Google, they take a per- 30% cut on everything they sell through the app stores. Yeah. And it's something that Facebook misses out on. And I think their um, metaverse play um, is their way to try to gain a cut on everything that these app developers and content creators are creating? Yeah. And then for that, for for the metaverse, actually, the the blockchain is ideally suited since it's um, from nature a very open ecosystem, and you you have a lot of collaboration between all the big players. Like you have these two big metaverse worlds, like the Sandbox and Vulcanforged which um, just announced the partnership, which is completely to the closed ecosystem of Facebook. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you take your analogy of, you know, um, open versus not open, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at uh, Facebook and Samsung and others, they've been using Android, which by definition, Android is open. And then you take other platforms like Apple with iOS, it's not open. So if in my, my perspective is, if Apple and Apple would have a metaverse strategy, Apple is not an open ecosystem. It's a closed ecosystem, right? Um, yes, but I, that's correct. Right? So, but then if you look at Facebook, yeah, Facebook, in yeah, they're using Android. Uh, so by definition, it's open, but it's in some ways, it's kind of a closed platform too. Um, but they don't have, a, I guess, a strong app store strategy, right? Not as strong as some other OEMs, like Apple, for mm. example, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, but do you, but do you also have a sense that every single company in the NFT world, for example, will, will claim that they have an NFT metaverse strategy, even though they may not have much behind it, right? Um, yeah, I, just I think like, at the right? moment the the metaverse is mainly a hype word. It's it, it's a lot of buzz, um, but there's no clear idea on how the metaverse will play out and how it will be evolved. Um, it, it's clear that on the blockchain you will have a lot of, um, or you already have a lot of collaboration between um, different universes, let's call them, um, and and this will increase. And I think all big brands are um, watching how it's playing out, and also experimenting with it. For for example, AB InBev, um, they did an NFT drop with Saturn. Um, and and they are experiment, experimenting like this, like Dolce & Gabbana, they did an NFT sale. So I think most major brands, they, they start experimenting with it or see what's happening. 
in the blockchain and the NFT space, and and they're getting ready to, to move. Once it's clear, how it will play out. Now, yeah, no, I agree. And but you did mention something interesting, which was, yeah, I think you say you're gonna have you're gonna see the emergence of different metaverse ecosystem. Is that what do you mean by that? I don't think there will be one single metaverse to rule them all. I think there will be um, multiple. Um, let's call them multiverses. Yeah. Um, and the those can interact together. That, for example, you have an avatar in one universe, and you can or multiverse, and you will probably be able to to take it or to port it to other multiverses if they open. Um, but openness, I think it's. These multiverses will need to be open if they want to become successful. Yeah, and I mean, I, look, it's almost like when you saw at the, at the early days of Android, right? So it was an open platform, open source platform. And then what happened was, and I was at Samsung back then, what happened was every single OEM were kind of creating their forge and own version of Android. And then they were mm -hmm. putting that back into the ecosystem. And so that's why you saw some fragmentation, right? Between mm -hmm. in the Android world. And I think. We might see, like you said, different versions of the metaverse, right, over time, which will create fragmentation, and then we'll see the same issue that we saw for Android for the for the developers, right? Because they're going to have to create different versions of their application or whatever it is for each of the the metaverse platforms, correct? Yeah, I assume in the future we will get some standards um, how these multiverses can interact with each other and how you have to, to design content for these different multiverses. Yeah. Um, I think standardization is key for realizing that multiverse aspect. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So now going back to your own company, right, uh, Vinley, so what are your plans for the next 12 months? What do you hope to accomplish? Um, we are currently growing very fast, so um, it's already a challenge to, to keep up with the current growth, um, new users, new customers. Um, the NFT space is booming and we were luckily ahead on the NFT scene, so we could facilitate a lot of companies um, on, on the, providing them with the right technology. Um, so we will focus on keeping improving our systems. We are expanding on the marketplace. Um, adding a like, lot of functionalities and then, um, well, we're growing, we'll keep that growing and then probably in the next um, 12 months somewhere, we will close uh, our Series A. Great. And how much have you raised so far? Can you remind me again? Uh, yeah, we've done a seat. Uh, we closed it in April and we raised um, 2 million euros, so about yeah. 2.4 million USD. Okay, great. But congratulations on that. So. Look, we we are at the end of the interview, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you all the best for the future. Okay, nice talking to you, Julien. Thank you. Thank you.